Welcome friend, I'm Rick Pasquale. Thank you for joining us today. I believe God has a word for you. I know God loves you and has a plan for your life. So listen to this live service and let God speak to you. Um, We're continuing our series today on the subject of the place of power, which is the Holy Spirit. And today, as we dive in a little bit deeper, I'm going to tell you up front, because on the subject of the Holy Spirit, remember, we believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Everybody with me? Okay, not not everybody's with me. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's just make sure I'm in the right church. I didn't show up the wrong place today. So because not everybody understands the subject of the Holy Spirit, I have uh, gotten a booklet for each of you that when you exit today, uh, our greeters and ushers will give you one of these books. Okay, they'll just hand it to you. And it will help explain to you what we will be preaching this entire month, okay? I believe that you as an individual need everything God has. Okay, two people, including my wife, believe that. I believe you need everything that God has. Okay. And if God has a gift for you, Why wouldn't you want the gift? We didn't have any problem giving away those two books today. Matter of fact, if some of you were a little ticked off that you didn't get the book. But it was a gift. And uh, for the lady that her uh, birthday is near that, she will also get a, a gift. But a gift from God is for everyone. A gift from God is from everyone. And when you receive gifts from God, you will be surprised at what happens. Now, I love Christmas. I love gifts. I love when the package is there And I can open the gift, and I'm surprised. Now, the older I get, the more I kind of help designate what my gifts are. Anybody that old? Okay, a few of you. You kind of designate what you're wanting in a gift. As you get older, you get wiser. Some of you will get this later. So I sometimes I know before I open the box, what's in the box. But every once in a while, the grandchildren give something that I had no idea. It was something they made at school or something they made in in a project thing. And, and, And I'm just amazed by it. And I'm happy. Well, I don't just say, oh, that was nice. I say, yay, I got a gift. And I make that person feel like this was great. When we receive gifts from the Lord, 
It is our part of our service unto the Lord to express thanks to him. Just like Brother Ernest today encouraged you in your giving. Now, when you receive that promotion on your job, or you get an increase in your pay, or your bill for something instead of going up goes down, you should say, yay! I'm glad, I'm happy. So today, I want us, as we continue our series, I want us to, again, read our scripture. Um, Young person did a great job today, but I want to reread it to you. And like on the beginning of our services, I want you to read it with me this morning. So whether you're reading in Italian or you're reading in English, would you read this with me out loud right now? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I'm glad you know where it's at. My Bible verses for today that takes you one more step tells the story of the upper room where we talked about last week. So I... The scripture is found in Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. You don't need to read with me. I'll read it for you. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. We'll repeat that. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, you get to be here and say, you. You get to be the all. And began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Because each one of them heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they ask, aren't all of these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hear them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamanites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya, near Cyrene, visitors from Rome. Wow, that's even in there. Both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretan and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, 
what does this mean? That's a powerful question. What does this mean? So today, my, my task, what I feel is my responsibility, is to make sure you understand the meaning. We're talking about the place of power. Last week, we talked about the fact that, that our series was beginning that there was this place. It was the upper room. So today, I want to dive into what is this promise of power. So that if God is saying, I'm going to give you something, then that means he's going to give you something. He had asked the disciples to stay in Jerusalem and go to the upper room. It was dangerous for them to stay there. They had just seen their Lord and Savior crucified in that city. And so they felt like if we stay, we may die. But the Lord was very specific. Stay in Jerusalem. Some of us are not good at obeying. I knew you wouldn't say amen on that. But when the Lord tells us to do something, we should obey. And when we obey what God says, it's always going to turn out good. See, they didn't have the answers to what was going to happen next. They really didn't even have a plan. Even though God had told them for three years, this is what I want you to do. I mean, he had told them, I'm going to go away. He told them that I want you to do some things. And one of the things he told them to do was, I want you to go everywhere. All over the world. And I want you to tell everybody that I love them. And I got a plan for them. So it was pretty clear that Jesus had already communicated to them what to do. But in this instance, he had told them, I want you to go and stay in Jerusalem. And I want you to wait. A lot of us don't do good obeying and we don't do good waiting. How many of you are good waiting people? Liar, liar, pants on fire. <laughs> liar, liars. <laughs> I don't know how somebody can lie in church. Oh, yes, my gift is I just sit and wait. It doesn't matter how long it takes. The answer to my prayer can take 10 years. It doesn't matter. Give me a break. <laughs> they had been waiting in this upper room for nine years. Days. That's a long time to wait. Some of you have a hard time waiting for an hour. Two hours. Two days. These guys that knew that their life were at risk, they were in there for nine days with 120 people. My goodness. But they knew that the Lord had promised them something. And they knew that they were going to obey what God had asked them to do. They were going to stay in Jerusalem 
in this room and they were going to wait. So today I want to talk to you about this process of waiting, how it leads to the promise that God has for your life. See, God doesn't break promises. He doesn't break them. See, God says he heals, he heals. Hello? If God says he delivers, he delivers. Amen? If God says he sets us free, he sets us free. If God says he provides, like Ernest said for you today, he provides. If God says he directs us, he directs us. If God says he builds his church, he builds his church. If God says he promises the Holy Spirit, he gives us the Holy Spirit. So if God promises this, he's going to do that. But number one today, it's the promise of power. The Acts 1 verse 8 part says, but you will receive power. You. Once you look at your neighbor and say he's talking to you. Some of you don't turn. Ben, you didn't turn and told nobody on that. He's talking to you. The promise was for that you would receive the gift, the promise. And in order for you to receive, all you got to do is ask. One word, real easy, ask. If you ask, you're going to receive. Who gets to receive this? Those who believe. So if you ask and you believe, guess what happens? You get to receive. That's pretty easy. If I ask, I believe, I receive. Are you getting me? If I ask from God, I believe he's going to give it to me. I get to receive it. It's real easy. Acts 1.5 says this. So we just read the beginning last week of this story. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now I need to give explanation to this. Because John's baptism, what they're talking about here, is water baptism. We're actually in this portion of Scripture talking about John the Baptist, the man that was Jesus' cousin that actually baptized Jesus in water by immersion. Not sprinkling, by immersion. Like we're going to do in a few weeks right here in our church. If we believe, the Bible says we're supposed to do the next step. The next step is, after repentance, is baptism. Baptism in water. John's baptism. So if you've never been baptized, the Lord's asking you to do something. Follow him, obey him, and do what he asks. Get water baptized. 
Water baptism, as Pastor Jen said to you, is a public declaration that you're a follower of Christ. And you need to do that. See, this water baptism is not the baptism we're talking about in this series. We're talking about being immersed, saturated with the Holy Spirit. And being filled then with the Spirit. So there has to be a purpose of the power. We need purpose. Why do we want this power? Why do we need this power? There, may, there needs to be a purpose for this power. It's very easy to be a witness. It's exactly what the Bible says. It's exactly what the Lord is asking of us to be his witness. Acts 1.8, we've said it already. I'm going to say it again. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, how are you going to do that? You say, oh, that's only for preachers. No, 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 no. There's nowhere in that Bible verse that it said, and this is only for preachers. It said, for those who believe. So if you call yourself a Christian, if you say you're a follower of Christ, then you are a believer in Christ. And you are asked of God to be his witness. And I add to this, through my studies, I believe that in order to be a witness, you need to be living a holy life. It's hard to be a witness of God when you're not serving God to your maximum potential. You're doing things you shouldn't be doing because the world sees all that other stuff. So you can't say on this side of the mouth, I love Jesus, yes I do. And on this side of the mouth, I'm going to get drunk and wasted tonight. How are you going to do that? The same friend heard you say, I love Jesus, yes I do. I want to be holy like Christ and I'm going to be wasted tonight so no, I don't even know my name. I love Jesus, yes I do, but I'm the biggest liar in the whole world. I love Jesus, yes I do, but I take things I shouldn't be taking. Are you listening to me? Holy life means I'm holy on Sunday and I'm holy on Monday. I'm holy in church and I'm holy on the job. I can't live for God only on Sunday. I got to live for God on Friday night. Hello? So how are you going to do this, Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit's going to give you the power to live a holy life. Now, I never said in any of that illustration right there, I never said you become perfect. I never said that. It's not there. None of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. Driving to the best of our ability to live a holy life. So we don't just show up to church on Sunday. We show up to church on Monday. 
Now, I'm not talking this building. God doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. It says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together so that we can build one another up, we can fellowship together, we can enjoy and worship together, but then on Monday, we still the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're still the body of Christ. We still live for God. Hello. And most of us struggle with this area of how do we transfer what we know on Sunday to how we live on Monday? What do we have to do to get from Sunday to Wednesday? What, what happens? And I am convinced that if you will allow the Holy Spirit to help you, you will be able to transfer everything that's happening on Sunday to how you live on Thursday. And I'm going to try not to eliminate any days this week in my illustrations. Because I don't want anybody walking out of here and says, well, I can live like the devil on Friday. Okay, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's for all of you that take really good notes. Listen, live stream audience today. I'm not just talking about church attendance here. Church attendance is important. Fellowship with other believers is important. But God wants you to live a holy life all the days of the week. Because if you're going to be his witness, the people are watching you not just on Sunday, they're watching you on Friday. So how are you going to tell them about the goodness of God? I looked around the room. I watched you watch the worship team and sing on the goodness of God. That was moving your heart today. That was moving your spirit today. Because he is good. And he is faithful. And he does love us. And he wants to move in our lives. But that's not on Sunday. I'm glad we have an exciting church. I'm glad we can come in here and worship God. I'm glad. I'm glad we're going to get a bigger building so we can get more people in here. I'm glad. But my friends, God wants you to be his witnesses every day of the week. And maybe two times on Sunday. So if that's true, which you need to believe that that is true, there's got to be an evidence. It's not just being the witness. There's got to be an evidence that this is going on. Yeah, being the witness is what God's wanting you to do, and that's the outcome of it. But the evidence that you've received this gift is that you will begin to speak in an unknown tongue. That's the evidence. That's the initial physical evidence. And in this booklet today, you're going to see all the documentation and all the scriptures that will help you understand all of that theology. And I'm not going to take the time to go into all of that theology today. I just want you to understand the simple truth that God loves us, he believes in us. He has direction for our life. And he's going to empower us to fulfill what he's asked us to do. And all we have to do is believe and ask and we get. <clears throat> Acts 2.4 said, And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Remember we did the all look at your neighbor thing, talking about you. All were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now I realize pastoring 77 nations of the world and some weekends speaking to over 100 nations of the world through that live stream audience that everyone has been taught various things in this subject. From where you've been, how you've been raised. But I want all of us to examine exactly what the scripture says. And let's let the scripture be the basis for what we believe. Not just what somebody said way back when. Let's allow the word of God that he's given to us to be the direction or the platform for what we believe. And if he says, you will speak in unknown tongues, and that upper room experience of 120 people, they came out speaking in all of those other languages that they had no idea what they were saying, but the evidence was that the crowd there in Jerusalem was all listening to those people speak in all these various tongues. There is no way you're going to learn those languages in nine days. Now, if you can learn all those languages in nine days, you're, 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 you're just super intelligent. But there's no way. But I know what could have happened. The Holy Spirit could have baptized them the Holy Spirit could have filled them up and that the overflowing evidence was they began to pray in a heavenly language that they had not been learned, not been taught, not read about, that the Holy Spirit gave them. You will be empowered by the Holy Spirit to be his witness. I'm asking you as your pastor to start understanding that this is God's mandate for your life. To witness his goodness. These disciples decided, though it was going to cost them their life in the end, that they were going to obey God, they were going to get to the upper room, and they were going to get this power. How do you think that Peter was able to stand up on this day after a few days prior denying that Jesus even existed. How was he able to take that and in nine days, exactly 49 days, because Jesus was with them for 40 days after the resurrection, so all you mathematicians in there don't act like I didn't know what I was saying. For 49 days, at the end of 49 days, he stands up in Jerusalem and speaks to this huge crowd and says, Listen, we're not drunk as you suppose. We've been filled with the power from on high. 
the promise of the Holy Spirit has been given to us and now we must testify even though once I was ashamed of the gospel, today I am no longer ashamed of the gospel. I will stand up and declare, though it may cost me my life, that God is in my life and I'm going to testify. Now, I'm not asking you to go to the Colosseum today and stand up on one of those places and start yelling out, repent. I'm not asking you to do that. But what I'm asking you to do is obey what God's asking you to do. Tell others that God loves them. Tell others that God has a plan for their life. God has strategically placed each of you in a position to say those words. And it's not that hard. And God will empower you to do that. And you'll see a difference in your personal life. When you start being filled with all that God has, your life will be different. I'm telling you, your prayer life will be different. Your reading of the scripture will be different. Your fellowship with other believers will be different. Because now you've received the fullness of the Godhead. And listen, just the initial beginning of the speaking in tongues is just the very beginning of the fulfillment or filling up of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And over the next two weeks, we're hopefully going to communicate that there's even more that you can get. But you got to start somewhere. All of us need to start somewhere. And my suggestion is we start with asking. Lord, I want what you have. Whatever you have, I want to receive it. Today we've talked about the promise of power. If there was a promise of power... There had to be a purpose of this power. So what I'm saying to you is if you are a believer in Christ Jesus and you've made him the Lord of your life, there's more. There's more. I'm going to say it again. There's more. Been serving God for 50 years, there's more. Been serving God for one week, there's more. There's always more. And the Holy Spirit part of this equation will go way beyond what we can even imagine. The promise is for you. Today you've heard a word from the Lord, and I believe God has spoken to you. So if you say this prayer with me, I know God can change your life. They're saying it live here in Rome right now with me because God can change your life. God has a plan for you. I've told you that. And I want you to believe it with all of your heart. So will you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I invite you into my life this day. Change me. Help me. I pray, oh God, I'm going to live for you. Friend, if you've just said that prayer, I can tell you that God has just changed you and has come into your life. Now I believe that today you may have listened to this and you've known that God already lives in your life. Well, God wants to speak to you and help you 
So I'm going to pray a second prayer, and that prayer is for a miracle to happen for you this day. I believe in miracles. I know you do as well. So let's pray and let God touch you right where you're listening to this sermon. Lord, I thank you today for my friend that has heard this message. Lord, I know that they have needs and situations that's going on in their life. God, you're a big God, and you hear and answer our prayers. So today, oh God, will you hear this prayer from your humble servant? God, will you answer this prayer on my new friend's behalf? Will you heal them? Will you touch them? Will you guide them? Lord, come in right now, wherever they're listening, Lord, and answer their prayer. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. If you've just said that prayer and listened to that prayer with me, I know that God has spoken to you. Would you do me a big favor? You're going to see, scrolled on the bottom of this, a website with an email address. If you said the prayer that said, God, come into my heart, or today you're believing with me for a miracle, I want you to drop us a quick note and say, hey, pastor, I want you to continue to pray for me and my family. You know, God loves you and he has a plan for your life. And I'll guarantee you, your best days are still in front of you. So God bless you and join us next week. Thank you.